This is episode number 34 of the Founder Podcast with Rob Rebholz. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Ghost, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Founder Podcast. Hope you're all having a fantastic evening or day or morning or night or whatever you're doing. Thank you for sharing your earbuds with me. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm really excited about today's guest. This is a really interesting one. It's with a founder called Rob Rebholz, and uh, he is the founder of a company called Spaceways, and they are disrupting the storage industry, the self-storage industry, and it's a very, very powerful model that they they have where it allows you it's they've introduced technology with self storage where it's all on demand all on request and you can go online and you can get someone to come pick up your stuff and then you can get it delivered to you and these guys are rapidly growing and they they're founded out of Germany and they're backed by a company called Rocket Internet so yeah these guys are killing it they've only been around for oh, a year or under so it's really interesting to hear how well they're doing how they've acquired customers early on. And Rob shares with me some brilliant marketing tactics. Like he he loves his marketing. And yeah, this was a really, really fun interview. I, I got a lot of gold from Rob. He was really fun to talk to. So I think I'm gonna I think you're really gonna love this one. Ton of good marketing stuff. If you're looking for good marketing tactics, strategies, tips, tricks, this is a great one. So let's jump into this show. But before I do just want to let you know what's happening in my world if it's of interest. Uh, just booked some flights to the States, which is pretty exciting. I think you may be doing a, a meetup or something in maybe NY or, or LA. So yeah, if you guys are, if, if this is of interest to you, please shoot me an email, nathan at foundermag.com. Would love to hear from you. I'd love to meet some of you guys. Um, you know, I, I try and meet and connect with as many com- members of our community as I can. So yeah, things are going well. 
As mentioned, we're doing this Instagram course. We've got some really, really big features coming, really interesting episodes. Um, I, I just wish I could release them all right now, but I just can't. I have to drip feed them out and I have to keep you guys entertained and interested and I can't, I can't just get them all out there. I wish I could, but uh, stay tuned for many more awesome episodes to come. Business is going well, and I'm just having a whole ton of fun. So wish you all a fantastic day, evening, night, morning, wherever you are in the world. Now let's jump into the show. So Rob, can you just uh, tell me how you got your job? My current job at Spaceways. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it a job. I would say how, how I kind of um, how we came up, came up with this opportunity and ended up launching Spaceways. Where basically, I, me, and uh, two of my friends from university, we'd been thinking about business ideas and launching a company uh, for quite some time. And then, you know, at some at some point in time, you know, we we were all kind of free to. Uh, to do something new, I had just sold my previous company, and the two other guys, you know, decided to quit their jobs. So we uh, looked at business models, opportunities, and, and fell in love with this idea, and decided to to launch Spaceways. I see. And can you tell us a little bit about Spaceways and how the idea came about? Yeah. So Spaceways is an on-demand storage service, which means that people go to a website, they tell us how many boxes they need to store whatever items they don't have room for. We deliver those boxes to their doorstep free of charge. Uh, they pack the boxes. They uh, collect any oversized items that they want to store. We pick everything up, again, free of charge. People then pay a monthly storage fee. And whenever they want their stuff back, they just go online, let us know, and we return their items within 24 hours. And people use us for all kinds of reasons. Right? There's, there's, there's people who are moving. There's people who are you know, who are going abroad, renting out their apartment or, you know, using people using us for seasonal storage. So lots of use cases. And we realized that this is an awesome business model when we looked at different markets and realized that the, uh, the self-storage market is incredibly big. It's still growing. It hasn't changed, uh, hasn't been disrupt, disrupted in decades, right? It's yeah. self-storage is still done the way it's been done 20 years ago. So we just felt like there was a huge opportunity in in that space. Um, not only in the current market, but also in terms of providing a new kind of service to people who would never have considered self-storage. And I would I would say that that's one of the our key marketing challenges, kind of building a market. Yeah. Look, uh, I. When I first heard about you, I was very, very impressed with the idea. And, you know, I don't know where I heard this years and years ago before I even started my first business. You know, maybe Forbes or Entrepreneur recommended one of the top five business models or franchises to buy into was 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 a self-storage business. Yeah, yeah. It, it is an awesome business, but I mean, if you look at the established players, they have incredible gross margins. And, uh, you know, they're, they're growing year on year, but they're not doing much to kind of improve their service offering. So it just, it just makes sense, right? I see. So when did you start this company? We started Spaceways a bit more than a year ago. Yep. And yeah, it's been, it's been quite a journey. And we initially, uh, so our headquarter or, or let's say over overhead functions, because we don't see ourselves as a German company, but our overhead functions are in... Berlin. We then initially launched London, expanded to Paris, 
Chicago, Toronto, and now finally Sydney. <laughs> ah, I see. And I'm curious, like how much traction are you able to share with this? Fast forward, we, we, we touched on, you know, you started the company a year ago, it's quite young. Can we fast forward to now where, where you guys are at? Like you, you're obviously growing quite rapidly and expanding. Can you tell us just where you're at now? Yeah, yeah. So, so London was our test market. Just made a lot of sense, right? Because it's close to Berlin. A lot of, you know, very high density, extremely high rents, etc. So, um, London was our test market, and we felt confident that we could kind of replicate the success around the world. So, we started adding cities, and yeah, it's been it's been great. We people really like the the business model and and what we're doing, and that's why we ended up in in, in Sydney. I see. And how many are you able to say? How many customers? Uh, traction around any any numbers? Yeah. So we don't we don't share financials, but but again, like the reason why we're expanding so fast is is because it's working, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. And I understand you guys uh, you 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 receive funding from Rocket. Mm-hmm. Yes. How did that come about? And can you tell us a little bit uh, for our listeners about Rocket Internet? Yeah, so Rocket Internet is a big European incubator, and you know when we, when the three of us decided to launch a company, we had various ideas. We talked to lots of people, um, you know, lots of lots of investors, business angels, incubators, and we were just really liked Rocket, right? Because they had a, they're very driven. I think they're extremely, you know, extremely experienced in building great companies and and scaling them. So yeah, we decided to to build this company with with Rocket. So this so you did a an incubator with them. Exactly. Yeah. I see. And so this incubator would would have been a year ago. Yeah, I mean, so we um, initially started out in the Rocket offices. Yep. You know, basically the three of us and a couple of uh, Rocket guys that supported us, and then you know, step by step, became more independent, built our own team moved out after around three months and rockets kept um you know funding what we were doing because i guess they they kind of they liked the traction that we that we had i think it's a brilliant idea it's so smart and <laughs> thank you <laughs> i i'm curious are there any other players in in this space right now doing what you guys are doing with with like disrupting this this industry there is companies there's companies like us around the world so we're definitely not the only ones. Basically, every in every major city, there's there's a company kind of trying something like that. The business model has first been tried in Chicago, actually seven years ago. The guys who actually um, you know tried to build a company um, in the on-demand storage space they didn't succeed back then. But I think the time is ripe. I think people are a lot more have become a lot more tech savvy and. Um, and I think the opportunities to to now really make this work, and that's what we're seeing, right? We're seeing that this works and um, that this makes a lot of sense right now. Yeah. Okay. I see. And you know, how did you identify when when you were in that incubator and you, you and your other two co-founders? How how did you guys identify that this is a space you want to play in? Was it? Did you come to the incubator with the idea in mind that you were going mm-hmm. to create Spaceways, or did you just? So we decided well, we decided to join Rockets, and we already had a couple of ideas. But then uh, we sat down with Rocket and spent um, around two months actually looking at other markets as well as business models uh, that we thought were interesting 
and ended up with this one just because we just get really excited by this by this opportunity yes i see and i'm curious you said that you sold your last company what made you want to do a an incubator because generally incubators are for first time entrepreneurs you know first early stage you know i'm curious around that you know with my first company we um I, I, I realize that there's lots of challenges, right? You're always, one example, one challenge that you're always facing is that you're constantly fundraising, right? You initially bootstrap the business and then you're getting, looking for angel financing, then you're looking for VC financing. You're always fundraising and it takes a lot of your time. With Rocket, we didn't have that problem. You have a strong supporter that funds you as long as you show traction and, and kind of the, the whole topic of fundraising is, is kind of off the, off the table. And, and you have access to amazing people, great resources, which, which I thought was, was a great opportunity and it's, it's proven to be very helpful in building this company. So I would say it, it depends, right? There are certain incubators and accelerators that are for first-time entrepreneurs and there is others um, where you can, that you can benefit from even if you are a bit more seasoned. I see. And can you tell us, because I know you handle a lot of the marketing and PR, like how, how are you driving traffic to the site? How are you getting buzz around Spaceways? How, how, how are you growing it? Can you give us uh, some really good tactics that are working for you guys now yeah. that others listening to this might be able to learn and apply to their business? I can, I can, I should probably start out talking about all the, the mistakes we've made. Yeah, okay, let's start with the mistakes. <laughs> Plenty of those, obviously. Um, so we, you know, we started out and we um, we thought about targeting in a more traditional sense, where you you know you define target groups. Um, think about you know in our case it was students, it was young professionals, young families, etc. Mm. And and you kind of create profiles for those people and you think about how to target them. Uh, that's what we did, and then we realized that. The people that end up using our service are not necessarily people who fall into, fall into certain demographic segments, but it's rather people who go through life events. Um, uh. So it's people who are moving, people who are you know starting relationships, people who are and, or who are sorry who are moving in with their boyfriend or girlfriend and don't want to get rid of all of their stuff. It's it's people breaking up. It's it's people you know, right using us for seasonal storage. So it's 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 rather the use cases that we have to target. And that has changed our mindset, kind of that realization. And now we're actually, you know, we're not thinking about the traditional customer groups, but we're thinking about use cases, how to target people who would need us when they go through those certain life events. I see. And and how do you find those people right now? It's a mix of activities, right? I think there is always, uh, there's always going to be mass marketing channels where you just try to build a brand and kind of spread the word through uh, everything you know from from online marketing you know banner advertising to flyering but then i think the big opportunity is actually being very very targeted in the activities so if you go on facebook you can target certain live events right so if somebody's you know changed their relationship status or has just moved and kind of indicated that on facebook you can you can target those people and tell them hey there's uh, there's an awesome service out there that uh, that might be beneficial if you're talking about offline activities and um, offline is, is quite an interesting channel for us because there is not that much search traffic for, for the stuff that we're doing, you got to think about partnerships and you got to think, and I think that's the, the big learning for us. And that would be my recommendation to any, to any, um, you know, entrepreneur kind of launching a company. Uh, think about 
who is already targeting the people that you want to use your service. So in our case, that would, for instance, be real estate agents because they deal with people who are moving. And then you got to figure out how to incentivize those guys to promote your service. Ah, I see. So you've had some big, sounds like a big wins with partnerships with real estate companies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Ah, I see. <laughs> and how did you guys come to that conclusion around that you you were targeting, uh, you know, coming up with a customer avatar or a certain kind of person as opposed to the events? How, how did you guys work that out? It just, I think you just have to be extremely data driven. Right? You got to have to, at least that's what we're doing. You have to constantly kind of look at your customers and the people who are using, using the service and you got to figure out how they found out about you, uh, who they are, and whether there is kind of, uh, there's opportunities to get more people like that. You know, I think you, you always have to be talking to your customers to figure out kind of, you know, what excites, what excites them about your service. And very often you realize that people are using you for reasons that you would have never expected. My, my favorite use example is this girl or this guy who called us in London, you know, who asked us, you know, why we delivered boxes to his, his doorstep. Turns out he'd broken up with his girlfriend or his girlfriend had broken up with him yes. and she had ordered boxes for him oh my God. <laughs> to move out. Um, oh, wow. He ended up using us. <laughs> but, it's, you know, those are those are the use cases that, that you wouldn't expect, right? You, mm. uh, you wouldn't. Uh, you you would never expect that people breaking up would be using your service, but if that's the case, great. Uh, kind of take it from there. And how exactly are you facilitating this customer feedback? Do you have it on automation? Like, let's say somebody purchases your service, do they get an autoresponder email that comes through? Like, how are you facilitating that? Out of curiosity. So it's, I think it's always a, it has to be a combination of automation, having like certain systems in place that kind of track customer satisfaction and that it, and ensure that you that you provide amazing service and that if everything anything goes wrong you um you, you you figure that out early on. But at the same time, I think there's nothing more valuable than picking up the phone and calling a few customers. I still do that, right? I still get on the phone from time to time and, and call a couple of our customers just to figure out why they like us, what, what they want to change about our service, et cetera. Because those are the people that, um, you know, those are the people that paid money to use your service. And I think you've got to do everything you can to kind of uh, make sure that um, you turn those into ambassadors and, and find more like them. Mm, yeah, look, this is really great. And we're getting quite tactical. I'm curious, what exact, are there any specific must questions that you ask them when you speak to them on the phone? I think the first question you have to ask is, you know, how did you find out about us? Because you ultimately you want to you want to figure out which of your market channels are working, mm-hmm. and then you kind of take it from there. You, you ask them, you know, why they what they're using you for, which is very interesting very often because again, people might use us for entirely different reasons than you would have expected. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then you just kind of talk to them and figure out what they would improve, what they like about your service, etc. Okay, look, this is great. This is this is really useful stuff. Let's switch gears and talk about, you know, your your journey as an entrepreneur. Can you tell us a little bit about your first business? What what number business is this for you? How long have you been an entrepreneur? Yeah, so 
in, in a former life, I was a management consultant. <laughs> I see, yes. So I took a pretty risk-averse path. <laughs> and, you know, I always, I always wanted to, um, to launch a company. And then, you know, after a couple of years in, in, in management consulting, I just felt like the time was ripe. Uh, you know, two of my colleagues and me, we just had this, had this idea for a company. And, you know, we just decided to, to quit our jobs and, you know, launch, launch this company. And it's, it's been great. Like, I didn't regret that decision because it's, you know, it's, I think it's a lot, being an entrepreneur is a lot more challenging than, than any, any role in the corporate world just because it can be very extremely stressful. You know, I think it's very rare that you just you know, come up with an idea, you launch a company and then everything, you know, goes smoothly. Hmm. Um, I think you have to, you know, there's very painful uh, phases that you go through. Uh, that's part of the journey and that's, that's what's exciting at the same time, right? Mm. So when, was your, when did you launch your first company and can you tell us a little bit about that and, and how it was sold and, and how that came about? Yeah, so my first company was a um, an, a web only brand for kids fashion. Uh-huh. So we we're cutting out the middleman, and you know, as kids grow very very quickly, um, we had this add-on service where people could send back outgoing clothing and get a discount on their next purchase. Uh-huh. And yeah, we yeah, so we built that company and ultimately. Uh, sold it to a bigger a bigger player that um, you know is integrating it into their into their portfolio. Ah, and when did you start that company, and how long did you work on that? So started that company in 2011 and worked on it for yeah three years. I see, and then you sold it, and then moved. Now you started Space Waves. Exactly, exactly. Ah, I see, yeah. and before that, you were management consultant. Exactly. Ah, I see. And, you know, you talk about the journey of an entrepreneur. It's very challenging. Can you tell us about some of the sacrifices you've had to make to get where you are today? Sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it sacrifices. I mean, obviously, uh, you're not making as money as uh, you would be making if you're an, uh, you, you know, a consultant or something like that. Uh, but I think, you know, nobody should go into entrepreneurship to, to get rich. I think you get into that field because you want to kind of build something and and have an impact. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that's kind of a sacrifice making less money because um, that's not what it's about. Yeah, again, it's, it's stressful. You probably work a lot more than in any other job. Um, you work weekends, you work nights just see your baby you kind of you want to be successful you want to uh you want to figure out how to make things work so you know that's definitely one of the other sacrifices that once again i wouldn't i wouldn't consider a sacrifice it's just just like it's part of of what you do as an entrepreneur never knowing kind of where you'll be in three months or you know what's gonna happen in three months uh that's that's obviously another another challenge can you tell us about your size of your team and uh, how you're handling this rapid growth. Cause I know it's a quality problem to have, but it can be hard. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually, no, I, I think that's a great question. Um, we, so our team has grown to 40 people yes. around the world and we still take hiring extremely seriously. I think team is the most important, the most important element to successful company. And what you know, being being in all those countries, we still try to ensure that we we hire people who have 
you know, who have an entrepreneurial mindset, who are driven, who are diverse, but at the same time get along with each other. And, uh, and we try to maintain a culture of, of collaboration and, and, and support. I think that that's extremely important because we don't want, you know, the people running the countries be competing against each other. We we're actually super happy that the, 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 the people who are in our countries are managing our, the, the countries, the cities, are actually, they, they chat very regularly, they exchange ideas, they just push each other to, um, you know, to kind of be the best they can in, in each city. And that's, I think that's helped us a lot. And that's the reason why we've been able to expand to all those cities, because there's lots of knowledge transfer and, uh, and support. I think if there was, you know, an elbow kind of a culture where you, you kind of competing against each other, that that wouldn't be possible. Yeah, I see. And you talked about teams and you think it's one of the most critical things to building a successful company. You know, how, how do you structure teams? What do you look for when you're hiring? You, you said you take that very seriously. Yeah. So, I mean, we have not hired a single person that we didn't feel that they, they were 100% perfect for that job. You know, if if you need somebody for a certain role and you don't find that person for a month, two months, I think you shouldn't, you know, go for somebody that you feel isn't isn't the person who's going to do a great job in that role. You should spend another one month, two months to find that person. And if it, if that requires you to do a hundred interviews, you got to do a hundred interviews. And I think at the same time, when you interview people, it shouldn't just be you, but it should also be, um, you know the people who are going to work with the, with them, right? So we always have our staff do interviews as well to make sure that we that we hire the right people. I think that's that's kind of the approach that you should be taking. And do you guys like to hire on skill or character? I think it's a combination, but I would say character is more important. I think what I've seen, especially in startups, is that if, if you go for the people who have like 10 years of experience, that isn't always helpful because those are the guys who know who, how things have been done for the last 10 years, mm-hmm. as opposed to being the ones who want to figure out new ways to be successful and, you know, think, think outside the box. <laughs> mm, I see. Look, we have to work towards wrapping up. So I have a few questions around, you know, your, your learnings. Uh, if there was anything you wish you knew now, <laughs> Uh, plenty could, of stuff <laughs> well, please share away we probably don't have enough time <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go for top three then top three top three. First thing is and we've mentioned this um figuring out how to target how to do targeting and that is not always about going for you know demographics second thing is um you know having a vision very early on so we, um, you know, we always kind of knew where we wanted to go, but it, I think it took us a bit too long to, you know, put our vision on paper and, and think about what it means to kind of strive to achieve that vision and, and communicate that to the team to kind of align everybody. So that's the second thing. Third thing is topic is, um, I would say, the importance of being data driven in everything that you do. So I'm not saying we weren't data-driven when we launched this company, but we've become a lot more data-driven over, over the last year. I mean, we track everything. We track, like when we do, do firing, we track the performance of, you know, locations, certain creatives, et cetera, and that has helped us immensely. So I would say be, being data-driven in everything you do. 
I would say those are the three, the top three. I can probably think of another like 10 or 20, but uh, <laughs> let's do that another time. <laughs> oh, good. No, those are some great ones. Um, when you talk about data and tracking and testing, are there any notable web apps or SASs or tools that you guys would recommend? I would say you start out with, um, you know, with spreadsheets. <laughs> spreadsheets. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, you kind of think about the uh, the relevant KPIs that you wanna that you wanna track or that you should be tracking, and then then you create a spreadsheet. I I'm not sure whether it makes sense as an you know an early stage entrepreneur to use sophisticated tools. Obviously, you know, step by step, you kind of you start using tools um, for for tracking, let's say, custom inquiries, et cetera, et cetera. But initially, everything is pretty much spreadsheet-based. Mm, I see. And out of curiosity, what are some powerful tools that you guys are using right now to, to help with the growth of your business? Asana is amazing. Asana, yeah. Amazing project management tool. And we we go crazy on Asana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've, I mean, we, we've taken it as far as having created our own best practice guide for Asana. Wow. That's, that's important. Asana is for us uh, just because it's it's an it's an amazing tool if you use it right. I I think if if you ensure that everybody understands how it works and people use it in a consistent way, it's a big lifesaver. Especially if you if you've got teams across the world and you need to co- coordinate them and you want to ensure that people don't get you know like two hundred emails a day and and then lose track of the things that they have to do priorities etc. That actually, that's a really good one that I must ask you. You know, you're managing a global team. You're running a lot of your, obviously, all of your tasks through Asana. You know, what what are some good best practices? Like just a couple of good tips for for managing that team on Asana. The first thing is kind of creating a proper structure. The first, and creating a structure that's consistent, right? You don't want the team in Chicago be using one kind of structure and then the, the team in Sydney coming up with an entirely different structure because that just creates confusion. So you want consistency in, in terms of the structure of the projects you're setting up. Then want to ensure that everybody obviously uses actively to track certain tasks in a systematic manner, right? You don't want one person putting in all kinds of details in, in their Asana tasks and next person just having, you know, kind of two high-level high bullet points. You, you, just, you just have to ensure that Whoever is access, looking at certain tasks and looking at certain projects gets what's going on and isn't confused. And you've got to constantly remind people to use Asana. <laughs> so people just, there's so much stuff going on where everybody's mm. overloaded. You just got to make sure that everybody understands the importance of, of a tool like that and, uh, and uses it. And when we talk about tools, you know, what, what are some tools you use as an entrepreneur to help skill you up? What what like uh, are there any cool tools you use that you 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 live by on your phone or any apps web apps anything? I'm I'm on Quora all the time. Ah, oh, Quora, you like I, Quora? I I love it. I think that's the best source of knowledge there is uh, on the web, next to your podcast, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, thank just, you. <laughs> no, I think it's you know you obviously you know try to. Um, you kind of you read um, you know TechCrunch etc cetera, etc, cetera. Uh, but if you want you know insights and um, you know want to dive deep into certain topics and, and hear from the experts and kind of go go a step beyond the usual stuff that's written in 
articles that are being published, I would say Quora is an amazing source of, of knowledge. I, I, I just love it. Like whenever I have spare time, I open, uh, I open Quora on my, uh, on my mobile and kind of read, read articles. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one. Okay. Um, well, look, we have to work towards wrapping up, Rob. This has been a fantastic interview. I've had a lot of fun speaking with you. and We've, had, we've covered a lot of ground and we've got some really good stuff that people can take away. So was there, any, was there any things that you'd like to touch off with or finish off with? Uh, any questions that you wanted me to ask you that I haven't asked you or any <laughs> final words? I, I think there's one big question that you haven't asked, and that's where where can people use our service? <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, please, please plug away, plug away. Spaceways.com.au. Uh, by the way, that's another learning, right? In everything we're doing, we're always trying, we're always selling, right? When we printed business cards, we didn't just print regular business cards, but we printed voucher codes on the back because like that we can use them to uh you know to promote our service so i think in whatever you're doing always think about how to acquire customers <laughs> ah, i see yeah look um we have, we have a global audience so if there's people that aren't in australia the best place to find yeah. just .com yes there is the .com and i would say just google spaceways yep and uh and then the city that you're in and you're going to you're going to find the relevant page and yeah, yeah feel free to check it out awesome well, look, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, Rob. This has been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.